These are readings appointed for July 2nd, 2023, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, and proper eight in year A, according to our numbered propers of ordinary time. Let us pray. O God, your never-failing providence sets in order all things both in heaven and on earth. Put away from us all hurtful things, and give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Beloved people of God, our scriptures this week bring us face to face with the reality of a divine judgment that humbles the proud and lifts up the humble. At the same time, we recognize that in the steadfast love and faithfulness of our God, we find solace and assurance in his covenant promises. Through baptism, we are united with Christ, experiencing his death and resurrection the new life that we live is free from the bondage of sin and death and hell. This gift, when it grasps hold of us, draws out our utmost loyalty and causes us to regard our other relationships and commitments open-handedly and provisionally. This is how the power of the gospel unfolds in our hearts, not by demanding of us costly sacrifices, but by revealing to us a beauty, a power, a glory that transcends every earthly good. May God reveal such wonders to us in the cross of Christ and open our hearts anew to the work of his grace that we may walk in his ways and reflect his boundless love to the world around us. Our first reading this week comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah. We hear Isaiah speaking of the impending judgment of God upon the proud and lofty, and how the Lord will exalt the lowly. This is Isaiah chapter 2, verses 10 through 17. Enter into the rock, and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low, against all the cedars of Lebanon lofty and lifted up, and against the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm for this week is a portion of the Misericordias Domini, which ancient readers took to 
be representative of Christ and the Father speaking of redemption. This is a psalm that calls to mind the steadfast love and faithfulness of God and highlights his covenant with David and the blessings bestowed upon his people. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 18. My song shall be always of the loving kindness of the Lord. With my mouth will I ever be proclaiming your faithfulness from one generation to another. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness shall be established in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. Your seed will I establish forever, and set up your throne from one generation to another. O Lord, the heavens will praise your wondrous works, and your faithfulness in the assembly of the saints. For in the clouds who can be compared unto the Lord, and who among the gods is like unto the Lord, God is greatly to be feared in the counsel of the saints, and to be held in reverence by all those who are round about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is like you, your faithfulness, most mighty Lord, is round about you. You rule the raging of the sea, you still the waves when they arise. You have subdued Rahab of the deep and destroyed her. You have scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours. You have laid the foundation of the world, and all that is in it. You have made the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Mercy and truth shall go before your face. Blessed are the people, O Lord, who rejoice in you. They shall walk in the light of your countenance. Their delight shall be in your name all the day long. For in your righteousness shall they make their boast. For you are the glory of their strength. And by your favor you shall lift up our might. For the Lord is our defense, the Holy One of Israel is our King. We are continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the Romans. In this section of the letter, Paul emphasizes the power of baptism and signals the believer's union with Christ in his death and resurrection and invites them into a new life that is free from the power of sin. This is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died had been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we continue to contemplate Jesus' commissioning of his disciples in the 10th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, we hear the commission become even more intense. Jesus declares that he has come not to bring peace but a sword. He emphasizes the cost of discipleship, the necessity of prioritizing loyalty to him above all else, even familial relationships. This is Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 42. Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we create space to continue to contemplate these scriptures and allow them to echo in our hearts, we have two poems. The first is a poem of George Herbert, which reflects on how God reserves something of his blessings in order to draw us back to himself. This is his poem titled, The Pulley. When God first made man, having a glass of blessings standing by, let us, he said, pour on him all we can. Let the world's riches which disperse lie contract into a span. So strength first made away, then beauty flowed, then wisdom, honor, pleasure. When almost all was out, God made a stay, perceiving that alone of all his treasure rest in the bottom lay. For if I should, said he, bestow this jewel also on my creature, he would adore my gifts instead of me, and rest in nature, not the god of nature so both should losers be. Yet let him keep the rest, but keep them with repining restlessness. Let him be rich and weary, that at least if goodness lead him not, yet weariness may toss him to my breast. 
Herbert speaks of a restlessness that draws us forward into God, that reorients our priorities, that causes us to think differently. Maya Angelou approaches the same problem from a different angle. She sees a dawning. She sees an inexorable movement in history and time, something unfolding that draws us. And she expresses it in this poem. This is On the Pulse of Morning. A rock, a river, a tree, hosts to species long since departed, marked the mastodon, the dinosaur, who left dried tokens of their sojourn here on our planet floor. Any broad alarm of their hastening doom is lost in the gloom of dust and ages. But today the rock cries out to us clearly, forcefully, Come, you may stand upon my back and face your distant destiny, but seek no haven in my shadow. I will give you no hiding place down here. You, created only a little lower than the angels, have crouched too long in the bruising darkness, have lain too long, face down in ignorance, your mouths spilling words, armed for slaughter. The rock cries out to us today, you may stand upon me, but do not hide your face. Across the wall of the world a river sings a beautiful song. It says, come, rest here by my side. Each of you a bordered country, delicate and strangely made proud, yet thrusting perpetually under siege, your armed struggles for profit have left collars of waste upon my shore, currents of debris upon my breast. Yet today I call you to my riverside, if you will study war no more. Come, clad in peace, and I will sing the songs the Creator gave me when I and the tree and the rock were one. Before cynicism, was a bloody seer across your brow, and when you yet knew, you still knew nothing. The river sang and sings on. There is a true yearning to respond to the singing river and the wise rock. So say the Asian, the Hispanic, the Jew, the African, the Native American, the Sioux, the Catholic, the Muslim, the French, the Greek, the Irish, the rabbi, the priest, the sheik, the gay, the straight, the preacher, the privileged, the homeless, the teacher. They hear... They all hear the speaking of the tree. They hear the first and last of every tree speak humankind today. Come to me, here, beside the river. Plant yourself beside the river. Each of you, descendant of some passed-on traveler, has been paid for. You who gave me my first name. You, Pawnee, Apache, Seneca. You, Cherokee Nation, who rested with me, then forced on bloody feet, left me to the employment of other seekers, desperate for game, starving for gold. You, the Turk, the Arab, the Swede, the German, the Eskimo, the Scot. You, the Ashanti, the Yorba, the crew, bought, sold, stolen, arriving on the nightmare, praying for a dream. Here, root yourselves beside me. I am that tree planted by the river, which will not be moved. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Lift up your faces. You have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its retching pain, cannot be unlived, but if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Lift up your eyes upon this day breaking for you. Give birth again to the dream.
women, children, men, take it into the palms of your hands, mold it into the shape of your most private need, sculpt it into the image of your most public self, lift up your hearts, for each new hour holds new chances for a new beginning. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leans forward, offering you space to place new steps of change. Here on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country, no less Midas than the mendicant, no less to you now than the mastodon then. Here on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out and into your sister's eyes and into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we stand in awe of the depths of your wisdom and the breadth of your love. Grant us grace to navigate the complexities of our conflicting loyalties that last surrender to your perfect design. Like the depths of a wellspring drawing us near and the embrace of morning's quickening light, fill us with a yearning for your presence and awaken our souls to the reconciliation and renewal of your embrace. May our lives reflect the beauty of your love as we offer ourselves willingly, guided by your grace, to shine your light in a world yearning for hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.